Hello and welcome back. I'm so happy to have you here. If you don't know me, my name is Marketa and I'm your host, clearly. <laughs> so I know this is not the first time I'm gonna say that, how <laughs> important this specific episode is for me. But I really, really mean it because I was joined by a very, very special person to me. She's a business coach, she's a mentor, and she also became a friend of mine, which I'm so grateful to be able to say. She's someone who whose presence literally elevated me. Like, I'm not even joking. Literally, I know that just by her being in my world, my personal world reflected that so much. So I'm so grateful to be able to say that Rubili joined me um, on my LinkedIn Live audio event. Okay, if you don't know what these LinkedIn audio events are, basically it almost seems like it's a kind of like a hosting your own radio show. It's extremely cool because all of the attendees, they can literally raise their hand and ask directly questions, like literally hop on the mic and ask questions, which is amazing. And it's incredible when it comes to the attendance. But unfortunately, we are not capable of recording the questions itself. So you will hear our answers, but just so that it's not confusing in the moment, there were two people who actually asked questions out loud. And uh, yeah, so this is what you get in the recording. So enjoy, and I'm going to catch you in the next episode. Hello and welcome to the Solat Curry. My name is Marketa and I'm your host. I'm the person behind this channel, behind this uh, podcast. At this point in my journey, I am a career coach, but I learned this on this path through uh, becoming a recruiter first. I was in recruitment for quite a few years for a variety of positions and levels of positions. And as much as people need certain skills to land a job, you really realize how the difference in attitude of people who came to get a job for survival and the people who are actually really trying to get fulfilled in their careers. After finishing my time as recruitment, this became my mission. I really want to help those people who have been through the survival period, right? They understand what it's like to um, just get a get that job, who just want to make sure that their family is going to survive. And sometimes they need to feed that ego a little bit, right? They have been on this path. But now they no longer want to just survive, they actually want to thrive. They understand that thriving career is going to help them with their fulfillment and they no longer want a job, they actually want a real career. So I'm here for those of you who feel that way. If this is your cup of tea, please tune in, whether it is in this episode, in this video or any other of my channel and let's get in touch. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you and I cannot wait for us to get to know each other a little bit closer. again uh if you're listening to the replay in that case i should say welcome back to the solid career welcome back to the podcast ah ruby welcome again now i'm, I'm starting to get calm getting into the process <laughs> for everyone who doesn't know ruby which where have you been <laughs> ruby is a coach a mentor uh specifically a mentor of mine i'm so grateful to to be able to call you that and uh, also, Ruby is an entrepreneur. For how long has it been? Five years since you have your own business? Yes, I quit my job in 2015. And sorry, 2018. 2015 is when I started side hustling. So it depends when you want to count that from. 
And then 2018, I went all in with my business. So it has been an absolutely wild five years, but incredible. Like I'm sure we'll get into it, but it has been the best five years of my life. Today's topic is a topic that I think it's quite important for both of us, right? We're going to be talking about money. And it's so interesting. You know what? When I was actually organizing this event, how it works here on LinkedIn for anyone who is not on the side of organizing these types of events, is that if you want people to join, Often not everyone does get notification. So you have to invite people in, right? As a as the person who is organizing it. And it's so interesting the response that you get when you want to talk about money, right? Why do you feel, Ruby, that money is such a touchy topic for people? Oh, well, there's just so much behind the, you know, money itself. It's money is energy. Money is a story comes behind whatever it is that you make money mean. And that comes with whatever energy you've held with that. So whether it have come from, you know, childhood or friendships or as you've developed in your own corporate career, what it's meant to you and what it does for you and what it means to you, it's going to be so individual for everybody. But it doesn't have to be touchy. I mean, I guess it gets to the point where you start to develop an incredible relationship with money. And we can go into my own personal money story and how I've worked through all the different limiting beliefs and the money blocks and the deconditioning that's come alongside with that for sure. But I will say that it is one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done, not just from a business perspective and not just from, you know, feeling more abundant all around, but it does so much for the family unit for generations to come. You know, I have two kids and the way that I see them grow up and their perspective on money, because I've taken the time to work on my money stuff. It's just amazing to see that now reflected in the next generation. Mm, I would definitely love to get more deeper inside of your story and how you have evolved in regards to that relationship. But before we get into it, but I would be very curious if you could tell me how the fact that you did not have a good relationship with money how it was showing in your life apart from not being able to maybe attract money itself? Like what, where else was it being shown? Okay. So I guess like going way back to like thinking about the way that money was handled in my household growing up, I'm an only child, um, first generation migrant to Australia And so there was a lot of um, energy around the household where my parents worked really, really hard in order to make sure that I had the best possible life, which I'm so grateful for. But there was always this tension that came with money. Like I knew even at a really young age when my parents were talking about money, they'd, they'd have these like budget meetings once a month, they'd crouch over the kitchen table and, you know, I could just tell they were just in so much suffering over it, like making ends meet and doing all those things. So when I think back on my relationship with money, even going back to those days, I brought a lot of that alongside with me so much. So when I started to, I don't know, when I started to like get my first jobs, for example, I would personally be quite afraid to really look at what money did for me. 
and I was flippant with it. And so there was a lot of, you know, up and down with money. There was a lot of spending too much, running out of money, still needing to borrow off my parents. A lot of that happened, which I'm sure a lot of us can relate to, you know, early childhood, early teens, early adulthood. And it got to the point where I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like I need to take my own um, relationship with money into my own hands and really claim what I want it to be for me. And at this point I was starting to get quite serious about my career. I was starting to earn more dollars, you know, all these things started to build up, but even so I found it showing up in terms of not being able to ask for my worth going into salary negotiations. And somehow, no matter how much money I had in my life, I just never felt in front of it. I never felt like I had enough to cover off what I wanted to cover off or to lead the life that I truly wanted to lead. And it just always felt like whatever I had would come in and leave straight away. And if I think about it, a lot of that comes from, whether you believe it or not, the generational lessons that you bring along with you. And you have every single you know um, ability and it's in your power to change that story. But if you don't know that that's a possibility for you, then you're just going to go along and go along, which is why we see generations do the same thing over and over again. So, yeah, I guess that's kind of where, now that I think about it, kind of where it all began. Wow. Oh, wow. To be honest, sometimes I forget that I actually have to host this because I'm just like listening, you know, it cuts in so deeply, really. Like you have no idea how much this means even hearing this from you because I personally was going through these things, right? You as my coach, we were discussing these types of topics together and for me, when I first started seeing how that's a thing, it actually wasn't necessary in my life. I wasn't aware of it in my life. But you also, for everyone who doesn't know you, you also have a, your past life, should I say, in recruitment. <laughs> and I'm sure that you have seen this already on job interviews, right? When you were discussing these types of topics, maybe with candidates. Because I have to say that and now, especially looking back, I'm receiving from my time when I worked as a recruiter, even more now when I'm not in it, which is so interesting. Like when you look back and you think about it, like, oh, yeah, it's true. This was a pattern. This was happening all the time. And actually, because of when I was when I had to discuss salary, negotiate salary with the candidates, and I saw it is just becoming so apparent to me, the different relationships people have with money. And how it is so much connected, the money discussion, how it is connected to the self-worth. And then obviously then was then being mirrored to me in my personal life. Mm-hmm. And I started seeing like, oh, okay, this is what I do as well. I didn't even realize. So it actually was thanks to that type of experience. Um, I'm wondering, Ruby, when, when did you consciously started working on that for yourself? Well, when I first started working on it properly and deeply, I'll say where and, and what I mean by this is I did a lot of work in at the surface level. You know, before I started my business, it was getting my financial planning right and, and sitting down with my accountant and doing a budget plan. That was fantastic. I'm definitely not saying that's not needed. But when I'm talking about the work, I mean about this energy of going deeper into the stories behind money, where my beliefs came from when it came to money. And that absolutely stemmed from starting my business. So in 2018, when I went all in, I definitely was not prepared for 
all the money work that was to come. And not just in terms of like, for me personally, my story jumping into the business and becoming a coach was so organic. And what happened was within a hundred days of leaving my job as a recruiter, I worked as the head of recruitment for a tech startup. After leaving that job, I made a commitment to myself that I would aim to earn the same salary as what I was earning there to prove that this was going to work. Like I could go all in and I could be an entrepreneur and I didn't need to rely on a, you know, an employer to help me lead the lifestyle that I wanted to lead. Marketa, I hit that goal in my first hundred days of business. So within just over three months, I had achieved the goal of making up what I had made in my full-time job. So things were fast. You know, it was incredible consulting gigs, branding offers, mentoring, speaking um, fees were coming through, all the things. So all up, I made six figures in the first 100 days, six figures plus. And I had so much interesting stories come up with money, like things along the lines of money comes in quickly, money leaves quickly. Or this is the most that you're going to be receiving. So enjoy it whilst you're here. This was an absolute fluke. You totally fell into it and you were lucky, but luck doesn't last forever. All these stories started to come up and I was like, whoa, whoa, if I'm really in this for the long term and I see myself becoming a figure in entrepreneurship and I do really desire to have a long-term career as an entrepreneur, not just a coach, but having multiple businesses, multiple streams of income. I've got to get this right. So at that point, I really started to look for a mentor who also could help me with my money mindset. And where I landed was so left of center. I honestly, you know, think back now to this version five years ago of me. And I think, how did we land here? But it was absolutely perfect. And to some of you listening in, this might be surprising or maybe not. But where I landed was working with a spiritual coach. So this is what I mean. It was so left of center. It wasn't like I worked with the barefoot investor or I worked with someone who really knew money. It was a spiritual coach to help me peel back the layers within and to do all the inner work, all the energetic work, all the alignment work. And I wasn't even quote unquote, that into spirituality, mind you, like not at all, but the coach that came to me at the time or the, the spiritual guide, I should say, I mean, like she was deep into spirituality, like doing all the things, ayahuasca, et cetera. I was like, what, what, what's that? Like, I had no idea. Oh my gosh, what a way to be led into the money work. And I feel like this is maybe the good, good place to start talking about your money stories and how everything has evolved. So what did you, what did you find out with working with this coach? Oh, so much stuff around the, the relationship I had with money and how I viewed money because my parents dealt with money a certain way and also what I brought along with me. So more specifically, growing up, I grew up in a household where my father was a pretty um, avid gambler, so to speak. Like he'd gamble on all kinds of things. You know, he'd go to the casino, he'd gamble on horses, like all things. And he'd, oh, I'll put a bit of money here, put a bit of money there. And he'd always lose. So he was 
terrible at gambling, like not one of the lucky ones at all. And at the start, I suppose it was, I could, I would hear glimpses of it. Like my mom getting extremely angry, you know, he'd come home and whatever, lost all this money. And it got to the point where it was really serious. So I grew up in a household where at times we would have everything, the lucky times when he did actually win stuff. And then the times when we had absolutely nothing. And worse than that, when we had nothing, he got into some pretty serious, um, let's call it relationships with people who were lending money. And that became even darker and darker and darker. And I had a lot of fear around that. So what came from my mentoring was really about the fear of having a lot of money and the fear of not knowing what to do in the presence of a lot of money and the fear of people were going to come get me if I had a lot of money, that they would literally come for me because that's what happened in my family. And all of these things had kind of somewhere just sat in the surface, you know, in the subconscious. It never drove me from a very, you know, conscious perspective of like, oh my God, you know, looking over my shoulder or anything like that. But now that I think about it, or when I was doing that work, I realized I had this belief that at a certain amount of money was safe. Like I fly under the radar and I won't get noticed. And as soon as I started earning more and more, and especially once the business started to hit millions of dollars, which once again, it did very quickly. Boy, was I happy to have done that money work early. And that's not to say that I did the money work early and it was done. It was knowing what tools I needed to reach to in order to calm my nervous system down, in order to step back into my own power around it, in order to disarm any of the money stories that did come up and all those things. So, I mean, we could go, we could keep going with that, but that's really what came up for me. So as you're listening into this and there's maybe some aspects where you have swept under the rug and I get that, I understand it's painful work. It's not easy going back to times that really led you to getting angry at someone or frustrated and you might be holding a lot of resentment or a lot of hurt, a lot of pain there. And I'm not saying that you have to go backwards in order to go forwards. I don't believe that to be the case always. But if you can pinpoint the root cause of where that belief came from, specifically to do with money, and maybe, you know, we've all heard the terms, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, like the harder you work, the more money that you'll get, all these things that it wasn't necessarily your belief. But if you know where you picked up the belief from, you can start to change your perspective around that. And you can start to ask yourself, is that actually what I truly believe? Do I believe that? the harder and harder I work, the more and more money I make. No, because I look around my immediate family who's worked all of their lives and they are not rolling around in riches. So I don't believe that, but someone told me that along the way and therefore I picked it up. Do I believe that money is the root of all evil? No, I see such good things being done with money in the hands of good people. Do I believe that money grows on trees? Mm, Well, In some countries, it is made of paper. So absolutely. And if not, it is absolutely made. So you can grow it. Just go to the mint and see it printed off. You know, it is made. So there's so many things that are interesting when it comes to this work. But 
step into it with a lot of grace and step into it with a lot of allowance to have it help you grow into a being that understands that money is neutral and you can create whatever stories you want to around money, holding you back stories or propelling you forward stories. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's kind of even when we delve into, and I have heard your story before, right? But it's also hearing you going through it, going back to it. And I'm realizing that's so deep that has a potential of being so dark. And I'm sure that you're not the only person who have ever lived a situation like that. And I'm sure that it is holding so many people back. And then obviously this is quite a huge trauma, right? That you had to go through. And we have a lot of people who might have maybe just these like minor traumas that they don't even, I feel like it's easy to say I have problem with relationship to money because my dad was gambling, right? And Mm -hmm. it's obviously you can easily pinpoint what what was the issue, even though I'm sure there were many, many other underlying issues and stuff connecting to that, right? But I'm sure that also with you being a coach, like business coach, that a lot of people come to you specifically for these types of topics because it feels so easy and so comfortable to talk about money with you because you don't have there this emotional charge. You, as you said, how do we get to the place where money can be neutral, right? I really am always feeling when I'm talking with you. I'm just, I just feel like we're like opening encyclopedia where there's just like neutral, clear facts when we're, when we're discussing such a topic. Do you feel like it is difficult for people who maybe haven't gone through extremely traumatic events, but it's still trauma in a certain way, right? In regards to the topic of money to find out and acknowledge what is there, the the root cause? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter how or what you've been through. What matters is what you've made that moment mean. So conversely, I've had people that I've met who've said, oh yeah, my father's a gambler, but it doesn't bother me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it it mm. didn't, it didn't mean anything to them. It was like, well, that's his problem, not mine. And whatever, you know, he can deal with it. And there's this separation. I'm like, how did you separate that? Like to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, it was so in my face. But that was because I made it mean something. I took it along with me. And the whole thing is like, well, why did I make it mean something? And we can go so much deeper around that, around I know I made it mean something because in the long run, I know that this is part of the work that I meant to do. And I was experiencing that so that I could help others through it. But it can be something seemingly so innocent and like nothing at all. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Um, I lived with a whole bunch of housemates once and, um, you know, there would always be certain people who were very calculative with the bills and the grocery, like we'd split the grocery, for example, and be like, you owe me $2.15. Literally, I had one of my housemates knock on my room door one day and say that. And I was like, oh my God, okay, I'll give you your $2.15. But that could have been something so small, but that she took with her and it meant something. Or it could be something more, you know, maybe more relevant to your audience, which is you get overlooked for a pay rise. And it might kind of seem whatever everyone gets overlooked for a pay rise the economy is doing funny things at the moment it's totally normal and then you hear of someone on the same level as you in the same company as you and maybe newer than you and they got a pay rise (laughs) like 
excuse me, what happened there? But you didn't broach the topic or you didn't know how to talk about it with anyone in leadership or maybe you did and it came out all wrong. And those are the kinds of moments that define your relationship with money and it shows you where you can do some work around it. And it shows you, hang on a second, am I actually asking for what I'm worth or am I just going to sit here and accept it? Am I actually going to go for the things that I want to go for and what's stopping me from actually asking for what I want? And then the stories will come through. What's stopping me from challenging that? And then the stories will come through. Why am I just sitting back and accepting it as the norm when in reality, you've got multiple options? One is speak to the manager. Secondly, find another job. Like there's multiple options that you can change, sorry, that you can create the story around to help you change the narrative. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'm so sorry. I'm going to disturb the episode just for a minute because I wanted to tell you about something really, really exciting going right now in the world of soul-led career. So a few days ago, I was running a very, very exciting workshop on the topic of building your best life and a career that supports it. In my world, I don't believe that it should be the other way around. We are here to live. And on top of that, we are we get to have a very, very fulfilling career that is going to support the lifestyle that we truly desire. And in this workshop, it was one and a half hour amazing workshop, pretty, like it was so cool. And we got to um, discover together with the participants about what it is that they actually truly want from life. Because often we have been conditioned into what we think that we should have, what we think that success is, what we think that being rich is. And the moment when we decide to decondition from that and actually peel off the layers of that uh, metaphorical onion, we realize that we might be living someone else's idea of success. And maybe we have been running after something that we don't actually want. So we get to the place when we finally realize what is it that we want. And this is the best place to start building your new life and new career from. So I'm inviting you to join uh, that workshop as well. Even though it was already live and it's recorded, you can still get the replay for free. And I'm so excited for you to go and dive deep into that. Uh, just go and visit the link in the description of this podcast episode and um, go ahead. Enjoy. It's so interesting, even when you were talking about some of your examples, right? The, the beliefs that you were challenging, it's... Already that shows that in the moment when you manage to challenge it, you have already done quite some work around that, right? Because most people will see the proofs in their existence and see, look, see, you see it? This is how it is, right? That's, that's, look, this is example one, example two. And that's why I feel like even in my life, why I started challenging it exactly for that reason, coming back to what you're right now saying, like you're being overlooked for promotion. You always see the tape up of behavior. And for me, the most insane how I ever saw it was interviewing for, for one position where you have let's say four candidates all on a similar level right with what they have achieved in their life and they will tell you four extremely different uh, numbers in regards to the salary that they desire and they all tell you the same reason same reason different numbers it would always be something in a sense of this is how it is on the market right now is it really? 
<laughs> you know, and then you really see with that how everyone has their own truth. And the more you believe that this is the truth, the more you will see it being reflected in your life. And so it's just so interesting seeing that. If you see somebody being in that situation, right? They, how do you even, like, what would be right now your guidance to even help them start questioning it? Because if they keep seeing the evidence of it, they don't maybe feel like they need to question because that's how it is, no? If it comes to, let's say, upgrading anything in your life, and we'll use money as an example, but you can use this for any broad thing. Like if you want to upgrade I don't know, the way your environment, if you want to upgrade your relationships, if you want to upgrade, you know, the job situation. I really truly believe in the idea that your close circle helps you reflect that back. So it becomes a mirror back to you. So if, for example, you're hanging out with a lot of people who are just constantly disrespecting or talking down to money or just whatever the case is, you know, like they have a terrible relationship with it and you're constantly talking like, I, you know, growing up, I, I had a group of friends when we just started working, for example, and we were like 17, 18. And I don't know, it was just our narrative. We'd always be like, we're so poor. We're the poor students. We're poor, we're poor, we're poor, we're poor, we're poor. And it would be kind of funny, you know, be like, oh, we have to eat cereal for dinner because we're poor. Ha ha ha. And it's like, there's moments like that where you go back to that time in your life and you think, girlfriend, the reason why you're poor is because you're saying it, laughing about it, disrespecting money. And it just has become a normal thing to be in that environment. So if we were to take that same situation and let's say, put it, plug it into the workplace and you're hanging out with people who are like, yep, overlooked for salary again so and so got a pay rise again of course I didn't get the thing again of course my manager is being unfair to me again that's the reality so who you speak to and who you hang out with the same in entrepreneurship so because I grew quite quickly as an entrepreneur my circles changed quite fast not to say I you know was like oh you're not good enough for me. Bye. But it was obvious, like as the groups changed around me, I was always seeking to be around people who had a reflection of a life that I wanted to have, not necessarily to a T. It's like, wow, you've got a really great relationship and marriage. You've got a really great business that's balanced. You've got fantastic money mindset. I love all this. Can we hang out? And then we'd network together and we'd hang out together. So point being is if you're going through something like this and you want to see a different reality, you have to change your reality. Seek out people who are there to expand you, not to keep you small. Seek out being in different groups. And that part's not easy because it requires you to put yourself out there and it requires you to change up your comfort zone. It's like, oh my gosh, where do I go? Like I'm going to an event tomorrow night. And it's with a whole different group of entrepreneurs and I'm freaking out about it slightly. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what do I say? But you got to trust it, trust the process, put yourself out there. So when I was in that in-between stage of working for an employer, side hustling at night and eventually moving into entrepreneurship, I was in this space where I was looking for people who were also doing that, like not necessarily 
you know, starting a side hustle to leave their job, but just had passions outside of their career and, you know, had blogs and a YouTube channel. And they had this whole creative space happening outside of their nine to five jobs. And I looked up events in my local city. I Googled it and that looked up Eventbrite, um, for example, and I would type in side hustle networking event. And a couple of events popped up to my surprise. Didn't even know there existed. But this was the beginning of, you know what? I want to switch up my environment. I want to look for a different crew. I want to look for different people who I can have these invigorating conversations with. And that changed the trajectory of my career, business and life. That one decision to Google networking events in Melbourne, Australia. And that was really everything just started to rearrange itself towards more of what I wanted. You know, this brings up like something in me right now from what you were saying. Um, and it's so funny because it's actually something that happened years ago and I totally forgot about that. And it recently came back up like a real, like a memory of it. And from what you were saying, it, it's just feels I can so much relate to what you when you say that you need to be in a certain environment to grow in a certain way, right? The same way as you're going to be a plant, there will be no sun in the room where you are, but you're the, sun, the, you're the type of plant that really needs a lot of sun. You're not going to flourish. You might survive for some time, but you're not going to flourish. And obviously the same is with people. And it's so interesting because for me personally, I started being interested in I would say just generally living an unconventional life and unconventional for me back then meant I hated studying university. I didn't, I back then actually changed my diet to a vegan diet and I knew no vegans around me. Um, I was always the weirdo everywhere, you know, kind of like in this way where you feel like, but isn't it kind of weird that I'm every time the odd person, like <laughs> there's something strange about it. Like I cannot be that odd. Like I don't find myself that crazy. And even I remember I decided to, <laughs> to join some online communities because it was the only place where I could actually find anyone to relate to, whether it was in being able to relate to somebody who I want to quote unquote become, you know, exactly what you were saying, like following a certain direction. And I just did not see a single example around me. And it's so funny because you also realize how you so much need even the courage to become somebody else, right? Because it's so comfortable to say where you are, even if it's very uncomfortable, right? And I remember back then when the only way how I could actually find people was online. So I started consuming everything in English. That's why my English has also improved a lot. All of the topics I was educating myself, everything was in English. And with that, I found different communities. I found people who were actively on YouTube, and I decided I'm going to become a YouTuber. So this was like 2019. No, no, 2016, something like that. Something like a really, really long time ago. And uh, I, the guy I was back then dating, his friends who never met me somehow found me on YouTube and started making fun of him for having a girlfriend who is trying to become an become a youtuber and like imagine I was starting so literally I had like I think I had like 100 subscribers at the time and it got to me right it, because I saw that it got to him then he was really kind of like ashamed of that right 
already I was the old one who became vegan. <laughs> and plus then I go and talk about it on the internet. Like, oh my God, like don't say to everyone. It's already weird. And it's funny because back then I really, it's just, I didn't manage to go through that. And I just like canceled everything and I took it out. And I'm thinking right now back, it's kind of like, I almost wish to go to that person, to, to, to me back then and just give her a little bit of the courage that right now I don't care anymore. You know, it's like, I'm just going to put it out there. But that feels to me like a very similar example to people who might maybe are in a romantic relationship that doesn't serve them anymore. And I am sure you have seen this also with some people around you. And they're going to say, yeah, I don't want to be with this person. It's not working out. It's not a relationship I want to have. But I'm going to stay with this person until I find somebody else. And I feel like to be able to get to this new belief, new relationship, new job, new network, you need to sometimes just jump and trust that there is this new something, right? New person, more money, better job, better network to be surrounded with. And yeah, so it, your whole story reminded me of all of this. <laughs> it's that whole thing about, you know, you can you can leap and the, the net will be there to catch you. However, if you're someone who needs a little bit more than that, and a little bit more tangible knowing that there is this so-called net there, it's still in your hands to do so. So, you know, bringing it back to a more practical example is I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur in some way. I loved the freedom. I love the limitlessness of money. I love the challenge of growing my own team, et cetera. But in order for me to fully go in, and this is my own personal relationship with security and feeling safe with my decision was to have a six month financial runway, which is why I had a part-time job leading into my side hustle. And I saved so much in that time, knowing what the number was going to be for my six month runway to cover the mortgage, to cover stuff for the kids, to cover stuff for me, to have date nights with husband, with my hubby, all those things. So that was great. Find whatever it is that you need to feel that level of, okay, I've got that runway. Side note, I never had to touch that runway. Never. Like to this day, it's only, we've only just kept building on that, building on that, investing it elsewhere. See how the net was always there. But I just loved knowing that I had that runway to rely on. If I didn't have that, I think I would be going at business a very different way. I'd be scrambling. And that, that goes across everything. You don't have that and you, you don't feel this level of groundedness with your decision or like another way to think about it is like a sovereignty, like how a sovereign makes decisions. It's like a knowing. What is that that you need? If you can get clear on that and you know what that is, it's going to set you up in, in ways that you can't imagine because it's not like the net's not there. It's just going to set you up a lot further. Hmm. I, yeah, I love saying, yeah, I, I love that. I love that you said that because for sure there are people who are more into the jump than they are the ones who are not into it, but do it anyway. <laughs> and then all of those fears come in and all the stuff that then you have to go backwards and like, kind of like cleaning up the best behind you. And there are really people who need to see the whole pathway, even if maybe then they would not go that, uh, go on that pathway, but they start kind of still need to see to be able to make the first step. You know, 
I think someone would could say like, Ruby, I have heard your story right now and I understand the stuff that you need to go through to become who you are, right? So you should be probably grateful for where you came from because that made you so much stronger. And now you're telling me the part of, yeah, but uh, I'm working on my money stories because this is not how I want to raise my kids, et cetera, et cetera. On this note, we had a conversation recently a few days ago with my friend and we were actually discussing this topic and we were saying like, you know what, we understand this whole part of not wanting to bring the trauma further, but let's be honest, the trauma made us who we are right now to be able to be this person. And we had a whole discussion around like, yes, I mean, we don't want to traumatize our future kids, but how do we raise them in abundance and in knowing that they can have everything in the world and all the possibilities are theirs and at the same time we don't make them entitled how do you look at this as mom of two kids i mean the entitlement component changes with every generation like i'm sure your parents are looking at stuff you're doing now it's like you know it's like there's a level that's different with every generation because the world's changed so much so i think what it comes down to is as your kids, as my kids grow up in a very abundant environment, without a doubt, without a doubt, you know, my son, my youngest one thinks he's going to be a soccer player and $85 million is like the minimum wage he's going to accept. Like, I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> Where, like, I, I love, love that. Like, you know, you just want to like bottle that up, right? That innocence in a sense, but also it to him, it's happening. There's no, like, and and a generation or two generations ago, I think about maybe what my grandfather would have said to him, like, come on, get back to reality. Like, you know, that's mm. not going to happen. Or like, yeah, you need to do this. And at he's seven. So they, you know, as you know, in a lot of subcon subconscious work, so much happens in your mind by the age of seven. Your beliefs are sealed in by the age of seven. There's a lot that they've seen by then. So conversely, I have a son, a who's almost turning 16 can't believe it and guess what he doesn't want to get a job he's like I don't why would I want to get a job I don't need one I have everything I have a house um you guys pay for my clothes and if I need some money to go to the movies I get money he's not saying it as literally as that mm. but that's literally I'm sure his mentality I remember when I was like 14 years and nine months, which was the, the the exact age legislated in Australia that we could get a job. As soon as I turned 14 years and nine months, and mind you, at 14 years, I was already scheming to try and fake my ID somehow to get a job. But luckily I didn't. Anyway, I was like ready. I wanted to earn. I wanted to save. I wanted to buy my own clothes because guess what? My parents never took me shopping to buy my own clothes. So I had to go and earn the money to buy my own clothes. Like that was my main driver. Mm. I was wanted to look cute, you know, have my outfits. And I think about the kids now and they are like, that's okay. I mean, I'll be a YouTuber one day and I'll just make the money. I'll be like Mr. Beast or that's okay. I'll earn $85 million and be like messy. You know, it's like, okay. So, uh, you know, I, I think my answer to this is I don't know. But all I know is you raise your kids to understand that there is limitless possibilities. They can create and tell their own money stories 
And I will sit down with my voice and I'll say that, right? But the world operates under certain conditions. You have hourly rates when you work at a job. So what will you do with that money? Be good with your money. Speak to money in a way that forms a healthy relationship. You want money to go a lot further for you and you want to do good things with it. So you want to keep some for you, save some, give some away. Let's let's create that plan. What does it what does it look like? So I think for me as I raise the next generation, a lot of it comes down to helping them see what is possible, but also helping them do good things with it. And I feel like this is exactly the talk that we also would like to have with our inner child, don't we? So beautiful how you said it. And sometimes I feel like the fact that you talk to the kid, whether it is, again, your kid or your inner child, with this much compassion, it really just makes you want to do it. Like, you know, mom encouraged me. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, it's really, really so beautiful. And plus, That's I'm so also funny. thinking um, like... Sorry, go ahead. My my youngest son has this uncanny way of attracting money at this age. So much so, two $50 bills flew across the walkway and flew and literally landed on his chest like it was windy and it just blew up against his chest. And he's like waving around $100. <laughs> he's like... This just flew to me and I'm looking around going, okay, so someone's definitely running after it. Surely they're just, you know, it's flown out of their wallet or something. There is no body around. This money has just flown to him. And I, for five minutes, I was standing there looking around going, what? Like, when does this ever happen? Anyway, I was like, all right, what do you want to do with this? Like, this is money. This money has come to you. What do you want to do with it? And at the time he must've been five and a half maybe not even six yet. He's five and a half. And then we walked a little bit further on and he just gave it to a homeless man. Like this man who was sitting there and he was like playing a guitar. I don't know if he was homeless. I'm guessing he was anyway. He was busking anyway for money. And I said, oh, he just threw it in the thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay. That's what you wanted to do it. That's what you wanted to do with it. Anyway, he came back and he told my mom what he did. And my mom was like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just save it? Why wouldn't you save the money? It was such a different, and she meant it from also her place, her point of view of what it means to do good with money, which is save it. His point of view at five and a half years old was to give it away because what's a five-year-old going to do with a hundred dollars? Like it doesn't mean anything to him. It's neutral. It's neutral. It may as well have been monopoly money. So the value of it hadn't yet sunk in yet. And so there's all these different ways of looking at, wow, you know, how someone perceives money, how tightly you hold on to it, how neutral it is, what you want to do with it. I think there's a real purity to that. I, I, I don't know. I always remember that story. I tell him all the time. Do you remember when you gave that hundred dollars away? He's like, yeah. And it really defined him because he remembered it. He remembered it. And the story is even more beautiful when you think about that in that you see the relationship that he has with money, you have with money, and your mom has with money, right? Right. Three generations raised in completely different world again, right? And you see that everyone is doing their best. And it's it's ever evolving, the best, right? The best is ever evolving. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Ruby, thank you so much. Before we end, I'm just going to give space to anyone who is listening. If there is uh, a question you want to ask, you can raise your hand and I would be make uh, I would be able to let you speak. So guys, if anyone wants to ask you something, uh, now is the right time. Apart from that, we're going to have a replay of this. So it's also going to end up being on my YouTube channel. So I'm going to send it to everyone who has decided to attend or registered for the event. Uh, awesome. We have a question from Anusha. Anusha, I'm going to let you get on the mic. So I think you just need to unmute yourself and you will be able to ask your question. Yes. Hi. Mm. Oh my gosh. Noosh, it's so nice to hear your voice. Huh? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that so much. Um, oh, this is, this is, this is really, really cool to hear how it's hit you. And I'm so glad it's come at the right timing. I just want you to know that there are so many ways in which you can invite money to come through so many ways and it will come down to how you choose to receive it you know what I mean it's like if you want to do it through the form of work and business if you want if you know that there's that entrepreneurial spirit in you there's nothing like a little side hustle and you know just thinking about like for me I know you've heard this before but it will hopefully benefit the audience as well I, I also had this feeling that I was meant to be an entrepreneur at some point and I could just hear people asking me questions along the lines of, you know, hey, can I like borrow some of your time to have you run your eye over my resume? And I would just do that and I'd be like, yeah, I'll help you with your resume. Eventually someone just said, I really need to pay you for this. Like it was, uh, you've just freaking changed my whole confidence game with applying for jobs. Can I, and they just, said, I'm just going to pay you $50. Thank you. Like, um, just please accept it. And I think it starts there. And I just started to be like, oh my gosh, $50. Wow. Like, oh, sweet. You know, a couple of glasses of wine, <laughs> whatever it was. <laughs> you know me, you know me. I was like, oh my gosh. And then it just grew from there. So keep your eyes and ears peeled, Nush, because I've always said this, like, I think you just have the most amazing gift and it's up to you how you want to bring that out. And, and I believe that we are meant to monetize our gifts in a big way, whether it's through an employer or through your own business, you know that you're doing the right thing in your career. And as a business owner, entrepreneur, if you're lit up by it and you're monetized for that gift. <laughs> So <laughs> Thank you so much, Anusha. Thank you. Um, awesome. You know, it's funny, Ruby. I, I heard you saying that. I think you just said it recently on one of the lives. So I wrote it even as a note to myself that your gifts are meant to be monetized. And I was really sitting with that because it's kind of like, and gifts can be whatever, right? Because I feel like gifts people often think of as the talent that you are necessarily born with, but your gift becomes everything that you have, that you learn on the way. And we actually, the same friend that I was referencing that we were talking to, but we we're also discussing, it's kind of like, let's say that you are studying something, you are reading books on a certain topics. And then she, she felt like, I don't feel like I should be charging people for that because they could have read that book. I could just tell them mm. what book it comes from and 
it could read it, right? And the same you could have in a job, right? <laughs> like, why would should be someone paying you because someone else could have get could have gotten that education or that training? Right. Like, how do how do you even answer to that? Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure many a surgeon read a book and worked out how to you know, operate on a heart and they are getting paid very handsomely for that. So that would be my response to that. And mind you, okay, I have friends who are in surgery who are surgeons. This is so scary. And they'll be like in the middle of surgery going, we don't know what to do. And they have to go and Google it halfway through. No. Anyway, let's, yes. Okay. That's a conversation for another day, but I was mortified. So I think we finally need AI to do the do the duty of surgery. It's like, oh my gosh! I do. There's. I'm so glad if that patient just slept all the way through and didn't ever have to know that. But yes, so that's you know, many a people have had to read books to educate themselves in order to monetize their their work. So that is an easy mm. quash of a belief. Mm. You know, when it was completely debunked for me, this belief was when, because I, I uh, the late Bob Proctor, right? I really loved his teachings and he was always yes. talking about Joseph Murphy. And he was always saying, if you don't have the book of Joseph Murphy in your library, your library is not in um, complete. Complete. And mm. I finally read the book from Joseph Murphy and I'm like, but this is exactly what Bob Proctor was saying, just in slightly different words. <laughs> He was even talking about where his resources are coming from. And yet he was, we can really say he was de definitely monetizing his gifts very um, handsomely, <laughs> for sure, right? Everyone says it in a different way too. You know, that's that's part of it. Like we're meant to pass it on. We're meant to pass it on. And it's said differently. What, you know, you're saying, what I'm saying is going to be so differently received in our different audiences. And I feel the energy, like I, I, I feel this is the energy of your audience as I'm speaking now and how I would show up in my audience might be slightly different. I'm saying the same words, but it's yeah. how it's received, you know? So I, I definitely, and, and obviously if you're giving credit where credit is meant to go. That's the other thing sure. as well. Don't just flat out be like, I'm reading the book and I'm going to monetize it. You know, what they do best is the best speakers in the world and the best motivational people in the world will always reference where they received the original idea from, which I think is so beautiful. It's like that pay it forward energy. Mm, for sure. Ruby, thank you so much. This was so, so lovely. Oh, okay. We have one more question. <laughs> amazing what was the, uh, the, the, the question was uh oh it was it was from a question uh this one specifically that I was currently reading was from author Joseph Murphy but to be honest any of his book I think the one that was so far the best was the power of uh, the subconscious mind that book is really really incredible uh Ruby do you have a specific book for personal development to recommend Oh my gosh, so many, so many. I guess the books that, oh, the books that really changed me was of course, Four Hour Work Week. That was the the main book that really changed my life. But that was because it went from literally entrepreneur, yeah. a biz, like working for somebody else to entrepreneur. 
I really loved, I think Bob Proctor also recommended the book U Squared and it was about quantum leaping. So if you really love those sorts of ideas on how to call in more of your life, but the best things about your life and how to manifest that. But yeah, I don't know. There's so many books. I'm so sorry because I I will definitely, once the replay is posted, I will list my my book list. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I have the same. I always have the favorite book of the moment, but it's so difficult to go to the past and say which books are my most favorite because I always feel like it was the book that was serving who I was in the moment. So it's always interesting a journey to to get on. Because thank you so much for for the question. And I think with this, we can wrap it up. So Ruby, again, thank you so, so, so much. I really appreciate your time. So grateful that we managed to do this. Um, if anyone wants to find you, what's the place where you hang out the most? Place that I hang out the most is definitely more so on Instagram. So if you guys are on Instagram, just search for Ruby Lee. I have a podcast also called Flow State Business. It's amazing. I talk all about how to create more flow in your life, how to create more flow in your business. So definitely go check that out, especially if you're an entrepreneur. But yeah, they're the main places and on LinkedIn, definitely connect. I've actually seen some of your connections come through already, which is so nice. Would love to connect with those of you who are listening in and that um, if this resonates, it'd be wonderful to meet you too. Amazing. And definitely the podcast, a huge recommendation from me. Love it. <laughs> All right. Thank thanks, you so much, thanks everyone. Thanks so much for having me, Marketa. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs>